Hey there, you may already know my story from thinking that my life wasn't very valuable or have much purpose to transitioning to the belief that I am valuable and my life was created for a purpose and then starting to finally pursue my biggest dreams. And I have a feeling you might be on a similar path that you're wanting to fully believe in yourself and your quote unquote crazy dreams and have the confidence it takes to audaciously pursue those dreams. So if you're listening right now and thinking, yes, Janelle, that is 100% me, then I have something special for you. You see, I still remember the days where I cared way too much about what other people thought of me and was filled with uncertainty around what I was and wasn't capable of doing with my life. And looking back, I am certain that there is one thing that I wish I had known all this time. I want to share it with you to help you make the transition from caring way too much about other people's opinion of you to becoming a free bird, fully allowing yourself to pursue what you want. So I've created a free resource that lays out the number one thing that's getting in the way of you having that unshakable confidence and how to overcome it. If you're ready to commit to your personal growth and get real honest with yourself, Go to nextlevelconfident.com forward slash confidence muscle and grab this free resource. What's up? You are now listening to the Next Level Confident podcast with Janelle and A. If you are ready to challenge your previous ways of thinking and take action on the bold, purpose-driven life you were created for, you'll want to keep listening. On the show, we will vulnerably discuss finding your purpose in life, strengthening your mindset, building quality relationships, and prioritizing your health. I hope you're as excited as I am. Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Next Level Confident Podcast. My name is Janelle Lene, and today I have with me a wonderful, beautiful, incredible woman named Abby Zufeld. Abby is a digital marketing expert, speaker, and the founder of Working Girl Talk, a podcast and community for working women. Abby helps brands put their best foot forward online with strategic digital and social media advertising, SEO, and email marketing. With a background in journalism and PR, Abby's work in digital marketing and branding all leads back to her passion, which is storytelling. So you guys, you can connect with Abby by going to her Instagram. She has two Instagrams. You can go to her personal, which is at Abby, A-B-B-Y, Zufelt, Z-U-F-E-L-T, or you can go to at Working Girl Talk, at Working Girl Talk. Abby, how are you today? <laughs> I am good. That was an amazing intro. I'm like, oh, like just sitting here listening to it. Like you said it all. Uh, this is awesome. I'm so excited. How are you doing, Janelle? I am doing well. I'm super excited that we connected. You are extremely inspiring and I love what you're up to. So will you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today? 
Yes, definitely. So how much time do we have? Uh, just kidding, but I'll, I'll make this like a little bit of a condensed version. So throwing back to even like way far back to when I was a kid, like me and my sister were always very into like filming home movies. Remember the old like Sonys that were huge that we all had <laughs> going to film some home movies on? We were always making like news shows. So we had like our own talk show. And I always think like if YouTube was a thing back then, we would have been the biggest YouTubers ever. And honestly, I'm kind of grateful it wasn't because it probably would have been embarrassing. <laughs> but we uh, were always into that, always storytelling. Like we were all, and we always traveled a lot as a family, and we would always like do the news segments from different places in the world. So we always had that itch, and I was always like, that was kind of always in my brain. Like, oh, I want to be a journalist. I want to storytell. So fast forward to later on when I get to college, I went to ASU and studied journalism there. Uh, go Sun Devils, love my Arizona State University peeps. But so I studied journalism there, which, in my opinion, one of the best journalism schools ever. And was okay, I'm going to be a broadcaster, I'm going to be the next Barbara Walters, and be on the news. So pinpointing it to this specific moment, actually, I was doing a story on this fancy like mansion in Phoenix that has like a big history with the Wrigley family, the people that own Wrigley gum. <laughs> so very random, wow. but it has this big long staircase to get up to the mansion. And I remember carrying this huge light kit that you have to have for like standups for journalism interviews, this huge camera equipment, all this stuff strapped to my back and it's Phoenix. So it's hot. And I'm just going up the stairs and I'm like, you know, like maybe this isn't my path. Like I love journalism, but maybe like this broadcasting isn't for me. So it kind of got that idea in my head and I explored some other ways I can, could use a journalism degree, which the school has different paths. You can be broadcast PR or whatever you want to be. So I ended up switching to public relations. And within that, they were offering a brand new class that had never been offered before that taught you how to use Google Analytics. And because like in my own personal life, I was like obsessed with social media, websites, all this whole digital world, but it was a little bit newer back then. Like digital marketing was not what it was today back then. So like Facebook was newer, Instagram was not as popping, no, no such thing as TikTok. Um, so I took this class in Google Analytics and it really changed my life. I was like, what? Like I can know that about a user visiting a website. I can know what page they land on and the actions they took. And it really opened up this whole different world for me and really kind of opened my eyes to there's different ways of storytelling. So storytelling from a brand perspective, like how are you representing yourself online to get your ideal consumer to take action on your website or to be a fan of yours or join your email list? So kind of got me thinking in that sense. And long story, but it all has a purpose, I promise. Um, so I ended up getting my first job out of college at a digital marketing agency. It was a very small startup. I think there was like four or five of us maybe. And I learned so much there because it was just like everyone had to do everything because it's so small. It's a startup, which is advice as well. If anyone's listening to this and is ever like curious about joining a startup, there are some definite challenges to it, but you learn so much because you have to wear so many hats. So while I was like getting into the working world mode, I was constantly looking for inspiration because I was learning so much, but it, there wasn't a lot of like professional development. It was more like, um, 
it's like strategic learning. And I was looking for like inspiration and like, does anyone else deal with like this, the weird stuff that I deal with, with uh, like certain situations in the workplace. So I kind of got fascinated with the workplace. And at the same time, because I had a 45 minute commute, I got into podcasting and um, like, I just loved listening to podcasts, but I didn't know if there was one that was specifically talking to the working woman that's a little bit newer out of school, trying to navigate the working world and still trying to figure out their path. So in the realm of things, that's kind of how the podcast was born, but it took a lot of faith and work and hard work later to eventually do it, but the seed was kind of planted there. Um, But yeah, so since then, still doing that, but constantly learning because digital marketing is constantly changing, but the podcast has been launched and is running for over a year now. And it's just, it's really cool to see like a small pipe dream really come to life. Wow. That is such a cool story. And I love all the different steps that happened all along the way, because I think sometimes it's easy to think everyone's story is linear, but really uh, we all kind of have this like crazy up and down story. Like I thought I was going to do this. And then I thought I was going to do this. And then I thought I was going to look like this. And then um, slowly it shifts and, and changes. So I love that. Um, So you guys, make sure you check out Abby's podcast, (laughs) Working Girl Podcast. Well, sorry, Working Girl Talk Podcast. Okay, sweet. So today we're going to talk about branding yourself. Um, Specifically, we're going to talk about branding yourself on LinkedIn. So Abby, who would you say that this podcast is for? Because I would think not everyone needs to brand themselves on LinkedIn. Am I right or wrong? So this is a common question I get. So I've spoken about this topic a lot in a few different situations, but really, and like there's over 700 million users on LinkedIn, which I think people forget that because we have like the Instagram and Facebooks of the world that you are so top of mind that you forget that LinkedIn is like a booming audience. So really it depends on what your purpose is, but I would say that anyone has an opportunity to uh, create a LinkedIn profile, especially if you are somebody in the business, medical, marketing, or entrepreneurial industry, LinkedIn is huge for that. But I've even seen companies thrive that are in the interior design industry, in the um, like industrial industry. So really it, it has a ton of people doing a ton of different things on there, but a lot of it goes back to what your purpose is in a digital setting. Like, do you want to be a thought leader for something? LinkedIn is a great place for that. Do you want to connect with other people in your industry? Great place for that as well, because a lot of LinkedIn is networking. So a lot of different industries have a place on LinkedIn. So I would suggest if you are feeling like maybe, maybe not that's something for you, definitely check it out. See who's on there that relates to your industry to see if you should be on there. Yeah, totally. I know for the longest time, I felt like I didn't need to be on LinkedIn. I was like all about the Instagram world and only building my Instagram. And it's really interesting because just about eight months ago, I actually started to build my LinkedIn. I made a brand new page. I had one in college that was like, not good. So I made a whole new one and started building a bunch of connections and it's supported me in getting a lot of new opportunities. So um, yeah, I find it to be really, really helpful. So, okay. Um, the next thing I was going to ask you is, are the strategies that we're using today going to be useful for someone to brand themselves both on Facebook and Instagram too, or just LinkedIn? 
Yeah, for sure. I think they could be applicable to any digital platform. I will say in general, LinkedIn is more of a professional platform. So you can probably have a little bit more freedom with your voice and brand on other platforms. But in reality, a good brand is a consistent brand. So you should probably be pretty similar on all your platforms anyway. But yeah, definitely applicable to all of them. Love it. Cool. Okay. And then if someone's listening right now and they're starting to check out because they're like, okay, so I love my job. I don't see myself leaving or really doing anything different. So I don't really think I need to listen to this podcast. What would you say to that person? Could a branded LinkedIn still benefit them in any way? Definitely. So it's funny because I think LinkedIn, like from how it's evolved to where it is now, people do still have that misconception that it's just for if you're looking for a job, which it is amazing. It's amazing for that. It's a great tool for job searching. LinkedIn jobs is a huge, like just every person hiring. It's amazing. But LinkedIn is also a place to become a thought leader. So if you, maybe you're trying to become an influencer in something and maybe Instagram is slower to grow. We all know the algorithm and all that jazz, but LinkedIn is like a booming audience of people looking for meaningful content and value. So really becoming a thought leader on LinkedIn is a huge attraction to get on the platform, sharing content, sharing your ideas like that can help drive a lot of traffic to your website or wherever you want people to go. Um, but also building your network because in LinkedIn even calls it your network when it's like, Oh, add somebody to your network. There's a reason it's called a network. Uh, it is such a great way to connect with people. So if you are in any sort of industry where you want to make connections, which I think we all are, um, whether you're a podcaster looking for guests, whether you are just starting out in your career and looking for a mentor, it is perfect for building a network and especially for people in your industry as well. So maybe if you don't have a community surrounding you, but you want to find other people that are interested in the topics you are, bam, like start connecting on LinkedIn, send some messages, see who you want to have a relationship with, like in a professional way. And also kind of, you can kind of scope out who has a job that you want maybe in the future too because you can like you see all of it right there and something last one i don't think people think about this a lot but even if you do love your current job you might be in a hiring position one day like are you ever going to be in a place to be looking for talent so linkedin is a great place to find new talent for your company or for your department too that's awesome that's a really good point and a lot of times i have clients who tell me or friends that tell me that they're looking for new friends and they're looking for new connections. And I think LinkedIn is a little underrated, to be honest. I kind of rolled my eyes at LinkedIn for so long because I'm like Instagram, Facebook, and I mean, I don't actually use TikTok, but I know everyone's there too. And so I just put all of my like eggs in those baskets. But as I've started to be more on LinkedIn, I've found a lot of really authentic connections and relationships there. And like, for example, a gal added me on LinkedIn recently who just moved to San Diego. I don't know her at all. We maybe had one mutual connection and it wasn't anyone that I could even think of off the top of my head, but she reached out to me and was like a human. I think that's what we're you know, missing a lot of times on these professional platforms like LinkedIn is people try to act a little too robotic, a little too like, hello there, how are you, you know? Um, and so this girl was super, like super human with me and um, her and I ended up just chatting and she was like, I'm looking for a job right now. I just moved to San Diego, so I don't know too many people. Um, and she ended up, she's a biologist and I actually had just met a biologist at the dog park actually uh, a day prior and her and I had connected on LinkedIn. Um, and so I ended up 
connecting the two of them to see if she could give that girl who added me a job. So I was, um, it was cool. I was like, wow, LinkedIn, things can like really happen here. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, and especially when you do kind of make the effort to have like a meaningful conversation because, which maybe translate any social media platform because there always is like the connection that's like, oh, I'm selling this product right off the bat. And so it really, if you are like, hey, just wanted to connect because we have this in common and I'm new to San Diego, like that girl did to you, it stood out. Like you remember, it's like a meaningful connection. So yeah, if you can cut through the noise in that way by really seeking out meaningful connections, that's a great way to build your network once again. Yes, totally. of college students are women, and 48% of employees in the workplace are women, which is awesome. Ladies, this is proof that we are smart and working hard. But you know what's not so awesome? Only 29% of VPs and just 22% of C-suite executives are women. In male-dominated industries such as STEM, these numbers are even more startling. As these numbers state, women aren't lacking the knowledge, education, or ability to be leaders in the workplace. What many women are lacking is the confidence to take on risk. Most of us have heard this one before. Men will apply for jobs they are 60% qualified for, yet women will only apply for jobs they are 100% qualified for. This type of stat also applies to women at their job, not willing to take on that new, unknown project. What she's lacking is the belief that her skills and abilities are not only quote unquote, okay, but are powerful and needed in the workplace. The Confidence Workshop is created to help women dig deep into their mindset and get to the root of this problem. If this conversation gets you as fired up as it gets me, we are now taking applications for this workshop for the ladies of STEM corporations. Please head to our website at nextlevelconfident.com to learn more about the Confidence Workshop. Okay, so why do you think people should brand themselves and what would happen if someone doesn't brand themselves? I love this question. So there's a quote, and I don't know who it's by, it always lists it as anonymous, but it says, if you're not branding yourself, you best bet that somebody will be doing it for you. So think about like any celebrities you know or any companies you know. That brand is so precious. That is your public perception. That is who you are when when you become top of mind to somebody. So if I always like use like McDonald's or Kim Kardashian as an example because right off the bat you have certain things you think about right when you hear those names, right? So like what is your brand? Like if I said uh, your name, what what do you want people to think about you? So branding is everything. And it, it's so funny. It extends so much more beyond than just the digital footprint and digital presence that we're talking about today. It literally is how you interact with people, who you hang out with, like your brand is everything. It's so wild, but yes, it's your perception around you. So you should be trying to control it. And it's fun too, because you want people to know who you are, what you stand for. You don't want the wrong message getting out. Yeah, that's so good. I feel like one thought I could, I could hear coming into someone's mind listening right now is like, but who am I to brand myself? I don't really have that much to offer. What would you say to that? Great question. And that is definitely one of the biggest setbacks I think people have when they are looking to 
create a brand, like a business brand or their personal brand that like, oh, like somebody's already doing this or who am I to do that? And that really is just a self-limiting belief that no matter what, we are all very unique and have different perspectives to offer. And some people will have a more extensive built out brand than others. And that's okay. Like you have the power to control how much of your brand you want to control too. Like say you just want to be like something in your industry, like, okay, I just want to focus on LinkedIn and I'm just going to talk about social media. Great. Like build that. Some people may want to be on all the platforms, have a color palette, have a website. You kind of can play around with how extensive you want to get into it. But I think that that just really sets people back that no matter what, even if you're not super into this digital landscape, you will have a reason to in the future, whether that is looking for a job and most employers do Google you nowadays or look at your social media, just having something that helps you put up like so you, they know exactly what they're getting with you. So there are a lot of reasons and reasons why you should. So don't doubt yourself if you're feeling like you're not big enough or important enough to do it because you are and we all have something to say and it really is up to you to figure out how built out of a brand that you want to do. Yeah. And so what if you are like, let's just say you're a nurse, for example, would a nurse want to build a brand? Like even if she doesn't ever want to be an entrepreneur? Yeah. So that can kind of go into different, two different directions. So there are a lot of healthcare professionals that do want to be a resource online, which is great. So they'll have tips or whatever their specialty is within the nursing world and building a brand that way. But if you aren't the person, that is interested in like becoming a speaker or like somebody who's influential in that space, it's perfectly okay for you to have like maybe a private Instagram account that it's like your personal stuff. You don't really want to get into work stuff outside of the office. Like that's okay too. Like I think a lot of what this discussion is about is what you're comfortable with and what your end goal is. That's what digital marketing, social media, like all of this stuff really goes back to who you're speaking to, why are you doing it? Like, what is your mission in all of this? Like, what's your end goal here? Because you need to define that first and whatever step you take in the digital world to have it be successful and make sense. Yeah. I hope that answered the question. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, and I guess I like the thing that I'm thinking of is like my husband, for example, he's in sales, but at the same time, he has kind of created his own brand. So that way, even though he's changed from like tech company to tech company, at different times in his career, he's building up a brand around his name more than just a brand around the company he used to work for. Because then when you worked for a new company, you're kind of like killing, like killing. Yeah. Um, you're like cutting off that old brand. And now, so you got to bring your brand with you. And so I find that like yeah. my husband, for example, he gets job offers all the time because he's built a brand around himself, even though he's in corporate America. And so I guess I would think for the nurse example, maybe not Instagram, but maybe LinkedIn would still be a place she would want to, he or she would want to kind of shine. And it doesn't mean you have to post something every single day. It doesn't mean you have to have brand, like a color palette in the website, but it just means posting some things that show what you believe in or your, um, your specialty or just adding some value to your LinkedIn. So that that way, if you ever were to shift to a different company within your same job title, they would see that and be impressed with the, the way you show up in the world. Yes, totally. That is right, right on the money. And that's the beautiful thing about LinkedIn too, is that 
it is awesome if you have a set strategy and are posting consistently, but in reality, you don't need to. Like the big part of LinkedIn is your profile. So if you have that built out and it is exactly how you want it to be, that is attractive for potential people looking for talent. So in that nurse situation, as long as she had a built out profile, that would probably be enough of a brand for a potential employer to look at, check her out. But an added bonus if she is interested or he or, he or she is interested in posting that like content as well, which again goes back to like, who are you doing this for? Why? Like, what's your mission here? Like, are you providing value? Do you want to add more to the nursing community? Like, do you have a different perspective to offer too? So there's a lot to think about here. We're talking about digital presence, but yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. I love it. Okay, cool. So let's get into the very, very meat of this podcast. Will you tell us the top three branding strategies that one should implement that would massively benefit each listener? Yes, I love that. So number one is to just ask yourself, what do I want to be known for? So that can help you lead to all the other directions because there are a lot of pieces to this. But asking yourself, what do I want to be known for helps you guide the value you're bringing to your audience online and it helps the content you're going to create and it helps kind of guide who like the presence you want to create on all of your different channels. So really nailing down your value there and what you want to be known for is crucial. And it helps you identify your unique voice and perspective as well. Number two would be establishing your brand voice, which I don't know if people think about this as often, but it's really important. So as I talked about earlier in the podcast, uh, I mentioned brand consistency. So no matter where somebody finds you on the internet, they know it's you. So that means it's a consistent voice brand across all the platforms, whether they land on your Instagram page or LinkedIn page, that they know it's the same Abby, for example. So discovering your voice. So that could be a few different things. So are you pretty casual when you talk to your audience? Are you more laid back? Do you use acronyms like LOL? Do you curse? Things that like, which they are, they are so small, but they are really essential. And to like who you want to be and who your audience is to them. So, and people even get down even crazier to, I only use specific emojis when I talk online, which I think is pretty funny, but it's all about the brand. Like what do people know you for and how do you speak to them? So voice in the digital presence of a brand is huge. And then last one, which this one is a little more tactical, is having your domain and handles. So if you are somebody that has not taken control of your digital brand at all, think about like, oh, is my name available in any of these new platforms? Like when TikTok was just emerging, best thing to do was to go and get your name right away, which I did not. So my name is Zufel Abby on TikTok. So I missed the boat. <laughs> but, uh, but so just be thinking about things like that too. Or if you do have a brand or a company, making sure you're securing those right away, right away. And also that domain. Even if you don't plan on building a website, a lot of the time employers do ask for a some sort of reel or resume, some digital, like, oh, do you have any samples of your work? Having like an name.com is really useful for that. And so just to control like, Hey, I, I own my name at least online. So I think that's something to really look into as well. If you're not sure. I love it. So what do you want to be known for Abby? 
Ooh, that's a great question. <laughs> I actually, I want to be known as like the, the cheerleader for the working woman. Like I will cheer you on if you got that promotion. Like I will like give you that info you need to know about what's going on in the world. Like that's the whole goal of like my podcast and brand. Like I just want to cheer on and empower women that are in the working force. Yes. I love that. I love that. So you think just making sure I'm clear on this, you think that if you are a working woman that you should still buy your domain name, even if you never plan to necessarily be an entrepreneur or never plan to necessarily make specific money from your website, but you think it would be good to have it there in case like, so that you can build a brand for yourself, even within the working world. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, a lot of employers do require, like they want to see a portfolio and having that link to your digital portfolio, no matter what it is they, like a lot of the time that works. And I will say too, like I, wouldn't make like a generalization about that. If this, if digital is not your thing at all, maybe you don't care. But I would say like my recommendation for anyone that is interested in building a digital brand would be to secure and own your name. And at least like then like you own it, like no matter what, like I own my domain. Cause what if somebody used abbyzufelt.com for something crazy? I don't want that. I don't want to be associated with that. So, and usually like if you buy from, for example, like GoDaddy, typically your first domain buy is usually pretty uh, affordable. So that's always a good plus too. Yes, totally. And for anyone listening who I just realized might not know what a domain even is, a domain is like buying, like my domain I bought first was JanelleLene.com. Then I decided I wanted to build my brand around next level confident. So I bought the words nextlevelconfident.com. You actually have to buy that. It's not just like handed to you. Um, and now I, if you go to JanelleLene.com, it redirects to next level confident. So I actually own both domains and then GoDaddy, like Abby was just talking about is a domain hosting site, I suppose, where you can, you can go to GoDaddy.com, type in whatever you want. So maybe you want to be well-behaved women, rarely make history.com. <laughs> I don't know. It's on my desk. I saw it. Um, <laughs> and you go, daddy would tell you if that exists or not. And, and certain domains are a little bit cheaper. Some are more expensive based on if they are like keywords that are really highly desirable, they can be more expensive, et cetera. So if you even have an idea, like even yes. if you just have a little brainchild of something that'd be like, Oh, that'd be so cool to have a little, maybe like a little website on that a little brand. Maybe you think it's just a little tiny thing just go buy it. It's yeah. I yes. think it's, it can't, it's not much. I don't want to say an exact number, but maybe like $50 for a year or something like that. Right. Right. And then at the end of the year, if you decide you didn't want it and it doesn't matter, just let it expire and like, and it'd be free for that for it anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, I love that. Okay, cool. So what are some pitfalls that people fall into when starting to brand themselves? like the way we've been talking about today? Yeah, I would say there's two major ones. So one, you feel like you have no value to off offer. So you have that self-limiting belief of, oh, like what else could I add? There's already somebody doing what I want to do, which is not true, but that holds a lot of people back. We are all unique and you've had experiences that no one else had has have ever had. So you have something valuable to offer. And number two would be, getting overwhelmed and just forgoing it all together because there's a lot to think about because, oh, my domain linked it. Like you, there's just a lot to think about. So I would suggest starting simple. So maybe set a goal of, okay, I'm going to buy my domain and I'm going to 
just create a LinkedIn profile. I'm not going to build it out yet, but just starting small. And because it doesn't have to be an overnight thing, you can start small and start building slowly and just do it one step at a time so you don't burn out. Yeah, totally. So if someone were to build a LinkedIn and then build their website and they're applying for jobs, why do you think that would set them apart to an employer? I think because it shows you care because people that do that, you're going the extra mile. There's no like teacher signing this assignment and you're going to get graded on it. Like this is just your own spare time that you care about your digital presence. That is really awesome to see. Like I've been in positions where I'm hiring people and that really sets you apart just because you're going after it. You have that initiative. So it already shows that. And especially if you are in the digital space, that is a lot too, because it shows you have the skills as well. Yeah, totally. And I, and I talk with a lot of women in STEM, so science, technology, engineering, and math. And um, I would say like any woman who's even in that category, same thing goes. Like, I think it just shows a level of confidence to have something. It doesn't, once again, it doesn't mean you post every day. It doesn't mean it's your full time. Like every hour after work, you spend all this time building a brand, but it means that you've built something so that if you're ever in a place where you're applying for a job, or maybe you just want to be a speaker at a um, conference, or maybe you want to be, you know, like speaking to other women in STEM, people are going to want to know where they can find you if you do speak on your topic. Um, so I think it's just a way to show people I'm confident. I believe in myself. I am adding value to this world and they're going to appreciate that initiative. Like you just said, Abby. Totally. Yes. So true. Love it. Okay. So when we talked on the phone the other day, you mentioned how all of this goes hand in hand with our digital footprint. Can you explain what a digital footprint is and what does that have to do with this conversation? <laughs> yeah, so it actually has everything to do with the conversation. So your digital footprint is pretty much exactly what you might think it is. It is your digital presence anywhere online, on the internet, on social media. So anytime you're accessing that Wi-Fi, where you fit into all of that. So are you controlling it? Is it just running for you? So a good place to kind of check yourself on where your digital footprint is, is just simply Googling your name or your business or brand, whatever you want to check out your digital footprint on. But then you'd be able to see like, oh, what pops up if you Google me? Do I have like news stories written about me? Like does my social media pop up? What does that look like? So really your digital footprint is everything in the digital world. And again, don't get overwhelmed because there is a lot out there, but it's honestly, it's a good, it's good to know. It's a good checkpoint for yourself. Yeah, totally. I feel like everyone listening, if you have never Googled yourself or if you haven't done it recently, you should do it and go see what you see out there. It's, it's pretty interesting when you start digging into the deep, dark web about yourself. <laughs> yes. That? Hopefully you don't show up on the dark web. <laughs> I don't know. Like I remember yes. one year for Halloween, I think it was like in third grade and I spoke, I like had like a little article in the like Ithaca Tribune because I grew up in New York and I'm pretty sure you can still find that because I remember when I was like in fourth grade, I would pull that out and be like, yo, I was on Google <laughs> at one time. Like you can Google my name and I was in this newspaper. It's so cool. <laughs> Yes, you will be surprised at what you see. And honestly, like if you're like dating somebody and like you want to get some scoop on them, like Google right. them, see what pops up. <laughs> you just, you never know. <laughs> 
Totally. That's what this podcast is really about. How to go creep on a guy that you've met on Hinge and you're not sure what his digital footprint is like. That's yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, cool. So if you could urge each listener to take one action item to get the ball rolling on everything we've talked about today, what would you have him or her do? Ooh, I would say make a LinkedIn profile. Even if you've like, you don't think you'll ever, oh, maybe I'm not like exactly what we talked about earlier. If you don't, if you aren't looking for a job, if you don't think it's for you, make a profile and just explore it because there is a lot more to it than people realize. They even have like money calculations. Like so you can see what people are making, like your average job salary, job opportunities, finding talent. LinkedIn has a, so many resources. I think that people really underestimate how much it has to offer and building that network is never a bad thing. Yes. Okay. And then what if someone listening right now is like, girl, I already have a LinkedIn. I'm super avid on LinkedIn. What would be one thing you could do that he or she could do to make their LinkedIn like really stand out and pop, especially if they're wanting to stand out to um, potential jobs? Yeah. Um, I don't underestimate the power of those LinkedIn recommendations. So go to your supervisor or somebody that you've worked with and maybe ask for a LinkedIn recommendation because those are always really helpful. That's basically your own little Yelp review section. So that is super powerful powerful on making your LinkedIn profile strong. And the easiest way to get one is to give one. So if you have like a coworker or a mentor that you really want to leave you one, leave them one, send them it like, and you can do a follow-up like, Hey, like I left you one. Or the, even a lot of the time in my experience, they'll like feel like so flattered. They'll leave you one back. So there's a little tip. <laughs> I feel like maybe it's like an unspoken thing. Like if I yeah. give you, you're supposed to give it back to me almost like a you know, like, Hey, I got your back. Do you got me, my back or what? <laughs> That's awesome. I love that little tidbit. Cause I definitely don't utilize that very often. Cause I'm like, ah, who looks at that? And I feel like I pay more attention to like my profile picture or the, the words of like what I do underneath the profile picture and stuff like that. So that's a really good tip. I like that. Awesome. Yeah. I'm glad. And those things are all still important too. Like profile picture, that cover picture, all important as well. Yes, I love it. Okay, any closing final thoughts that you'd like to say, Abby? Yeah, don't get overwhelmed with building a personal brand. It can be really fun and there is so much to this. There's color palettes and website and how you want people to experience your website and what they get on your social media. There is a lot to this. So really just ask yourself, why, like, why am I doing this? What is the value I want to add to the world? And am I in control of my brand? And really just think about those things and those will help you outline what you should do next. So asking yourself, am I in control of my brand? You'll think of all the ways, like actually like all my graphics that I make are different colors. Maybe I should make a palette. Like that will kind of lead you into the direction of where you need to go next. So I hope that is helpful. I could talk about this all day. Yes. <laughs> so do you have any resources that you would say if anyone's like, wow, I love this podcast and now it's over and what do I do? I'm really like, I am overwhelmed. What would you say? Like, is there a book? Is there a website? Is there someone who's like helped you build your brand to what it is Ooh. today? I would say I have a few different things. So find people on social media that you are a fan of their brand. I really like 
Um, Lauren Everts of the Skinny Confidential. Her brand is really built out. She has a specific voice. If you just go like look through her posts, very, it's a very specific way. It's like she's talking to you. Also, Create and Cultivate is a good brand to follow, like just to check it out. So kind of look at who's doing what, who's doing a good job and you kind of get some inspiration that way. And especially one that's really interesting is Moo, like M-O-O. They do like business cards. Their branding is so beautiful and it's crazy because you think like how established could you be if you just make business cards, but it is possible. (laughs) So uh, yeah, so just look at who's doing it right. There's a book called The Brand Gap that um, can help you kind of figure out this branding stuff as well. And I've done a few episodes on it on my podcast too. So hopefully that can help you get started. Yes. Okay. Well, we will link those episodes below. So if you guys are wanting to dive even deeper into this conversation, Abby's got you. She wants to help you build a brand. I know there's a lot of you who are, I think from the experience I have of working with my clients, a lot of them really would love this, but also have that thought like, maybe later I'm too busy or I think the underlying lie is basically it doesn't matter if I do or don't. And so the last thing I want to leave you with is you do matter. If you build a brand around who you are or something you're passionate about, that matters and start small and be willing to, you know, just do some little baby steps, little baby steps, instead of thinking you have to go from where you are today to the skinny confidential who has like a million <laughs> followers, whatever, like start small. It's okay. Like your voice matters. What you have to say matters. Start to slowly put out content that is encouraging things that you encourage you and then just share it with other people. And you'll start to find your voice from that. That's my thought. Yes. I love it. So good. Awesome. Well, Abby, thank you so much for being here today. I so appreciate you. Um, you guys, once again, if you want to connect with Abby, her Instagram is at Abby, A-B-B-Y, Zufelt, Z-U-F-E-L-T, or you can go to at Working Girl Talk. And do you, do you have uh, LinkedIn since we talked about LinkedIn so much? Yeah. Yeah. If you listen to this today, if you send me a connection request and tell me how you hurt like you if it was on this podcast i'll accept you (laughs) you'll be like yes girl (laughs) yes awesome thank you so much for having me i am so grateful you invited me into your space thank you yes you are so welcome have an awesome rest of your day thanks you too bye